Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling is reminding businesses of the Curb to Compost program, which allows businesses, restaurants to have food waste collection. And this is an important next step in your businesses or restaurants recycling program. Welcome to episode number 169 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording in the not-so-sleepy town of Jackson Hole in rural western Wyoming. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Remember to get out there and share this podcast via your social channels so other people can enjoy the content that you have tuned into for today. Support for this episode comes from the Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling. You wanna be a better recycler? Well, there's an app for that, the Recycling Coach app. Woohoo! Now available to Jackson Hole locals and visitors. Additional support comes from Jackson Hole Marketplace, a little market with a ton to offer. Visit jhmarketplace.com to pursue our intentionally curated gift basket ideas. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. I am Stefan Clark Abrams. That's me, your host. Thank you for everybody for tuning in to this podcast. Get out there and share it. Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, whatever your channels are that you like listening and sharing social stuff on. Before I begin, I want to talk about doing something for yourself. And that can be, which I do, is reading. We have access to so many wonderful books out there in life, and you have access to them for free. Just visit your local library, and your library most likely gives you access to books via digital format in addition to the standard book format. Another way to enjoy books and obtain books is through your local bookstore. Go visit them today. And back to the Jackson Hole Connection, we all have a story to share. And the purpose of this podcast is for me to connect with people so you can connect with people so we can all learn about their stories and see how people and you can live full lives. My guest today is Brian Lenz. Brian is a father, a son, a husband, a brother, a neighbor town of Jackson engineer and a member of Jackson Hole's improv comedy troupe. Brian is one of those few folks I've had the pleasure to interview who have been born right here in Jackson Hole, just like Bob Shervin. Well, today, Brian shares his joys of being raised here in Jackson and why he decided to call this place home with his wife and they wanted to raise a family right here. As a side note, Brian's mom, Mrs. Lenz, has touched the lives of many, many, many children in our community while working as a Montessori teacher. She's now retired, and I can say Laura and I speak from experience. Having Mrs. Lenz teach one of our children was an absolute privilege. So sit back and enjoy, go for a walk, and listen to what Brian's got to share with you, and maybe you'll go visit the last staff someday. Brian, thank you for joining me here at the Jackson Hole Connection. It's awesome that we get to sit down and chat a little bit about you and your life here in Jackson Hole. Yeah, it's great. You gave me a token a while back and I was like, oh, okay. He has a podcast. And now I realize you have like 500 episodes almost. Uh, not quite. Podcast. <laughs> 
you're you're about uh, no we're not even halfway there yet no we're not well you you've had you have a lot we have over a hundred not quite a few hundred i can't say that yet i'm getting close to a few hundred oh yeah there you go this will be like in the 170s your episode your episode might be 170 oh hey there you go yeah whatever number you want to give it (laughs) for for us you'll be number one brian (laughs) fantastic (laughs) and so were you born here, Brian? I was. And, and not the old, old St. John's, but the old St. John's. Where all the medical professional offices are now, where you get yep. lost in the building. The oh, maze. Yeah, the maze. <laughs> and what brought your parents out here? Do you recall? My dad was, uh, he's from Butte, Montana, and he was, he had, a, he had a skiing streak in him and he'd been here a bit with his parents and thought, I always want to live in Jackson. And eventually the opportunity the right real estate and for a drugstore came around and, and he took it. Your dad was selling drugs. He found a storefront for drugs. He started out in Jackson selling drugs. <laughs> he didn't put that out in his campaign, but. <laughs> and where, uh, where was his drugstore? Above the old bootlegger. Uh-huh. So, uh, the old fudge pot location, you know, in Jackson directions, right there on the South side of the town square where Beaver Creek hat and leather is now. Okay. And you're one of how many kids that your parents raised here in town? There are four of us. And that's, so I was the first one born here. My oldest sister, my older sister and brother were born in Butte. And then myself and Allison were born here. So then your older siblings, you make sure that they know that they're not locals. Well, they don't live <laughs> here anyway. They, yeah, they moved out of town, but it was never a thing for us back in the day. What wasn't a thing? That we grew here and they drove here from Montana. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. And what was it like being a kid growing up here in Jackson? What what decade was that? Uh, let's see. Born in 76. So most of my memories are 80s, 90s. Uh-huh. And it was good. It was fun. For a while, as a kid, your world's only so big. You don't realize that there's a whole lot more going on unless it was happening in Butte or... Salt Lake or Vernal, Utah. Those, <laughs> those were, those were, those were, that's where we went for our vacations and to go see family. And I think it was like fifth or sixth grade playing soccer. We started to travel around the state for tournaments. Uh-huh. And that's when it occurred to me that not every town in Wyoming or around has its own ski area. Huh. Who knew? <laughs> so it was good. I mean, we had a great time. We, we had a, block that didn't really have any fences and we could run around and it's everybody's yard and, um had a good time and do you feel that you know other than not realizing how much was out there in the rest of the world other than butte montana vernal utah and salt lake do you feel like as a kid that uh you had everything that you wanted and do you feel like other people live, growing up in other places would be more envious of what you had growing up well yeah i think we had we had everything we wanted. We, 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 we skied, we rode bikes. We went out to Spring Lake when you could get there any time of day and have a parking space and poked around in the mountains and the hills. And, uh, but a lot of our life was neighborhood kids just, you know, playing on the block, going down to the drugstore, playing there. My mom had the Montessori preschool. So we spent a lot of time there. Yeah. It was, it, you know, part of, part of it was like, very normal or, or very reproducible in any sort of neighborhood. 
And then you step back and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> turns out <laughs> our backyard's a little different. Yeah, it is a little different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In a good way. It, it's a fun place for sure. I mean, this is, and I, and I chose to stay here, you know, I, I didn't choose to move here, but it's been a choice to stay here and it's, and it's tough, you know, every, every day, <laughs> even with two working parents and, <laughs> and everything and, and having housing and family nearby, it's still, still a battle. And am I, you know, you, there's all this stuff of all the talk about housing and shortage of employees. And that's one of the reasons my dad shut down the drugstore in 85 or 86, somewhere in there. Maybe it was earlier, probably a little earlier was he couldn't, he couldn't get employees back then. There wasn't housing for people back then. You know, it's like Jackson's just sort of been growing as fast as it can, but living on the same fringe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the problems are just new to the time new to the era not to the to the place yeah or, or you know now they now there's just there are more it's impacting more people so maybe you hear about it more but it's always been jackson's always been expensive it's always been hard to get housing it's always been hard to maintain and to get maintain employees now where did you go off to university uh somewhere i thought i'd never go i went to the university of wyoming <laughs> <laughs> Why did you think you would never go to University of Wyoming? I don't know. They're the same way Wyoming kind of has a grunge against Jackson. Jackson people tend to have a grunge against grudge against Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And and I and I had been around the state for various sports and tournaments and whatnot. And 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 until high school when I started to do a little more climbing and a little more traveling I was like oh there's stuff going on here and and I actually went to a couple camps at the University of Wyoming that were really fun and I met some great people there and and then it turns out when they when you compare the cost of university that's paid for and university that isn't paid for and uh and you want to climb and the University of Wyoming has Vitavu right outside its back door and in Colorado, not far away, all of a sudden, <laughs> it's starting to look like a, a better place to go. When How old were you when you started climbing and what got you into to doing that? Uh, let's see. I was always interested in it and I had some friends that were that did it, but it was when the, the old Teton Rock Gym opened in 1992. Uh -huh. My mom like took me down to TM, bought me some climbing shoes and some and a climbing harness and, <laughs> and, uh, dropped me off at the gym and it was, man, that was fun. I can still remember the top of that first climb being like, wow, that was cool. And it was <laughs> of climbs. It was nothing much to speak of, but just kind of the, the whole experience. And so I started, I climbed for like a year and a half, two years in the gym before I ever went outside. And, and then after college or during college, I'm curious about how you said that you know, the rest of Wyoming has a grudge against Jackson and Jackson kind of has a grudge against Wyoming. What was that experience like when you were traveling around playing soccer and other things and then going to UW? Uh, you know, I think when you're out there, it's not, and you're meeting people person to person, it really dissolves. Um, That's awesome. Pretty standard of your stereotyping. When you actually get in touch with the people, the actual people, it's, you realize that 
to the, to a level there's a certain bit of ridiculousness involved but in a way, in a way there is still <laughs> the 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 joke that Jackson's 26 miles from Wyoming is still kind of true <laughs> um you know you, you what other town in Wyoming has an old bills fun run that can raise x millions of dollars every year for nonprofits <laughs> it's kind of a bizarre concept you know Wyoming does have its foundation and uh and whatnot but yeah it's it's fun I I have great friends from around the state and they're they're great people (laughs) and we had a great time in Laramie too uh you know I've met a lot of friends from I have friends from college and met a lot of people from around the state and and Wyoming's just it's so big there's a lot of variety out there it's pretty fun it it is a pretty sparse big state that's parse, sparsely um, developed. Yeah, you know, ninth. What are we? The ninth largest state with the least population, and hmm. and uh, it, it. Yeah, I have. It was just great. And the two camps I went to, one was called High School Summer Institute, and the other one's an engineering summer program. And they bring, you know, the, one brings a hundred kids from around the state to UW for three weeks, and you live in the dorms, and you go to college quote unquote college. And then the other one's specific to engineering. And there are only about 50 kids in that program, but it's all, it's all kids from around the state. And, and, uh, and I met and still to this day have a lot of good friends from those camps. I don't know if you know, Ty Mac who did 460 bread. I met him there. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And so now you're raising a family here in Jackson. You came back after college and did you meet your wife here in town i did yeah through some high school friends and where's your wife from she's from richmond virginia okay which strangely enough my brother also married a girl from richmond virginia are they sisters they're not sisters but uh (laughs) their parents know each other (laughs) or acquaintances (laughs) and they met in brooklyn so (laughs) It's a small, it shows how small the world is. For residents looking to reduce their household waste and become better recyclers, look no further than the Recycling Coach App, brought to you by Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling. You can access the Recycling Coach App from your desktop computer, mobile device, or through digital assistance. The platform makes it easy for you to get local disposal information for thousands of household items and takes the guesswork out of recycling. Visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle for access. Become a better recycler today and download the Recycling Coach app for free. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle and join today. And you're an engineer here for the town of Jackson. You work for our town government and 
But you do something on the side that's really interesting. Uh, you're the first person I've spoken to. The Laugh Staff. What What is the Laugh Staff, and how'd you get into this? The Laugh Staff is Jackson's. We we call ourselves Homegrown Improv Comedy Troupe. And uh, yeah, how did how did I can I don't even actually. <laughs> it's all sort of melded into one memory now. Um, but yeah, we do improv comedy in town. Up until the pandemic, we were doing shows throughout the winter and we just actually had shows again uh last weekend so that was fun but it started there was a there was an actor in town todd jelt who with jamie riley and some other folks uh eve bernfeld who i grew up with here and i gotta be careful if i leave off the wrong people um but uh yeah no they started a group called in out of thin air they came out right around the time of Krakauer's book Into Thin Air. So they were out of thin air and they were an improv troupe. And I I think it was around 2006 or seven auditioned for their troupe and and was accepted and started training with them more. And and uh, we were together for another year or so. And then as Jackson all happened, everybody sort of split and went their own ways, moved. And so that troop kind of dissolved and Todd working through off square theater company started a, um, an improv class. And I was working with them on that and Corey and I and Todd were in there and then we met some new folks and they came and, and that evolved into like one of the reason one of the basis for supporting the class was Todd said that eventually we'd do shows. So we started doing shows I think we were doing shows even before we had a name and then, and then we got it. And then we're like, well, I, if we're going to keep doing shows, we probably should get a name. And, and we threw out a bunch of stuff and, <laughs> and the laugh staff all F's stuck. And so we've had it for years. And then this year through the miracle of Facebook or whatever, apparently there's a group in Texas that also calls themselves the laugh staff that, which predates us, but um, doesn't sound like we're going to get into any, uh, name wars or anything with them but so yeah so since 2009 february 2009 i think we started doing shows at various locations in the center for the arts for the last however long we've been doing them in the in the black box theater there that off square operates and and it's a great venue 100 seats pretty intimate um at least pre-pandemic it was a great venue um but yeah great space and great people to work with um improv comedy improv is this off the cuff or are you guys practicing for what you do? Uh, well, we do practice, but not necessarily. I would, we practice, but we don't rehearse. Um, I don't know if rehearsing is just a thing. We just rehearse, we practice. So yeah, we get together and, and uh, the way we play games of sorts. And so we want everybody in the troop to understand the guidelines for the games and the, I guess the rules and guidelines and, and, you know, get to know everybody and understand each person, you know, everybody sort of has their own technique and how you play with different people and, and just staying in touch with people and trying to, you know, it's, it's not, there's no script. We just take a suggestion from the audience and then we, then we start making it up and we're trying to convert that into, into actual scenes, you know, where we have characters and there's a little story and, and then in the meantime, we have to also like fulfill the obligations of the game, 
you know, if that means we can only start our lines with the last word of the previous line or start with each letter of the alphabet or, you know, the way the pairs work or, you know, if you, if you can talk at all, you know, then it starts from there and we're trying to make it all these things come together into a coherent scene that that's also entertaining and, uh, and it has some, some jokes along the way without ripping the, the rug out from underneath us, you know, every now and then a one-liner can really <laughs> stop you. Like, oh, where do I go from there? But um, yeah, so, it, but it's, it, it's all made up. We don't know what we're going to say going into the night. It's on a certain level, it's a little nerve wracking. And on another level, it's totally free. Do I'm not you... going to miss a line, but chances are by the end of the night, you'll have a couple of lines and you're like, I could have done, I could have said this, or I should have done that. But it's all done. By then it's all, it's all done. <laughs> You'll never get that same chance again. Carpe diem. What is you guys' performance schedule like for this winter now that you're performing again? Uh, we should be doing show. We did shows in December, and then we'll be doing a Friday, Saturday in March, April, and possibly May. Have to check. But um, and then we normally in January we would do a show in in Victor at the Wildwood Room, but the world hasn't uh cleared up enough for us to do that they decided they didn't want to want to do shows this year so so yeah we got february march and april shows for sure to go assuming we can maintain and participating in the laugh staff for you providing entertainment is it just would you say is it is it just as much entertainment for you as it is for the audience Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, we have a great time, even when we're getting together for practice, it's like, it's a, it's fun. And we have a bunch of inside jokes and our own inner, uh, inner troop thing going on. And and so when we get in front of the audience, we have to be careful not to, to get too much into our inside jokes, but um, yeah, I mean, we do it with or without the audience, but it's more fun with an audience and audience suggestions and audience energy. Hmm. And and what happens when you guys start getting into your inside jokes? Well, you know, the, those would get lost. They get lost on the audience, but we have a good time with them. <laughs> <laughs> how how many people are are? Is it called a troop? Yeah, we go by troop generally. And how many of you guys are in there now? I think there are nine of us. Um, Can you remember all nine names? You are an engineer. I am an engineer. <laughs> so these aren't numbers, but there are. Uh, you know, there's the Starin twins, Chris and Nick, and they've been um, they're they've been with us from the beginning. Nick has Chris came on a little later, and you have Kira Griffith. She she actually started slinging beers for us, and then we're like, you should actually probably be in the troupe. <laughs> um, and so she came on board. Her husband Josh Griffith came on a, a few years later, and then you have Jackie Hart was a was a dedicated fan that uh came to a lot of shows and started coming to our we'd have open sessions where you could come and practice with us and play after shows and and uh she did that and some other trainings and she auditioned she came on board john morgan who when we had auditions he called and he's like i don't know my mom thinks i'm funny um it's like well if your mom thinks you're funny that's it that's at least one vote for you you should audition and Mel Parody from Idaho. She by far 
is our most committed player. She comes all the way from Teutonia. So when we're all tired after shows and practice, she still has an hour drive back to Teutonia. That's a haul. Starens, Kira, Josh, Jackie, Mel, myself, seven. And then our new newest player, player Ron Eastman, who's the librarian at the high school. And then this uh, another guy, Joe Waller. They they've only had a chance to do a couple shows <laughs> because of the pandemic. That we we recruited them right before and uh, the pandemic. And so Ron got to do a half a show, and then we were shut down for a year and a half. <laughs> so what did what did yeah, he do to not. shut you guys? What did he do to shut you guys down? Oh, he didn't <laughs> shut us down. <laughs> Oh, was it him? He told the wrong joke, okay, Stefan? It was the health department got us. Um, oh, man. The health department doesn't like people laughing. No, no. I'm joking. They're they're good folks. I get it. They, uh, and, and that's one of We have an inside joke about the health department in our troop, and I could explain it, but you wouldn't. <laughs> well, it's an inside joke. It's, it's an inside joke, so. <laughs> I'm not inside the circle, so it wouldn't be funny to me. And no. I'll, Everybody else who's listening probably wouldn't get it either. They're not inside the circle of trust. Not inside, but yeah. So it's, yeah, it's fun. It's a good group of folks. And for a lot of us, you know, everybody has a day job of some variety. And, and so we get together and we get to play improv and it's a chance to, to pretend and make stuff up and, and be a bit ridiculous and, and, uh, or fully ridiculous depending on the situation and, and, uh, it it just it's a nice balance for life these days and i think the audience enjoys it too because it's it's live but it's not necessarily predictable and and it's fun good energy positive energy you know that's the one of the things that makes improv work is the yes and so everything's very yes and building and and the goal is success and how do you gauge success for improv well, uh, if people are laughing or after intermission, they all come back. That's that's pretty good in our book. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, you are called the Laugh Staff, so yes, I would. We like we set the bar high with the name. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, people, you know, when we see people come back to shows, uh, you know, return customers, that's success. That's fun. Yeah, uh, when it's it's. Uh, it's just good to see people and and coming back and laughing and and yelling things out at us from the darkness. Have you had anybody fall asleep during one of your shows? Uh, I think we have had one, um, one person maybe, but uh, it wasn't me. It was, <laughs> yeah. I'm known to fall asleep during. I can't go to the music festival because I'll fall asleep. I mean, it's just warm in there. They're playing this nice music. And I just, <laughs> there you go. That's me in ballets. Oh, I did fall asleep during the New York city ballet. Came to town <laughs> and I fell asleep. I was like, oh. yeah. my wife is elbow with me. You got to wake up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My sister, Allison was a dancer. I was like, oh, I can do all the dances, but the ballet really <laughs> gets me. Told dad, I was like, dad, I don't think I need the tickets to the ballet anymore. Yeah. It's just so comfortable in there. It's yeah, they, they get the temperature just right. Comfortable seats. We we luckily have like seats that are comfortable enough, but not too comfortable. And it and there's and it's you know, there are it's a pretty intimate space. So <laughs> 
you don't you don't fall asleep anonymously. Now, have you guys ever worked with like the high school kids to do improv, teach them? Or are you guys offering any type of community teaching classes? Yeah, in various in in various ways over the years. Uh, there were three or four years there where I would teach for the high school theater class. I was in there, I don't know, four or six weeks or something, and would teach them a, a set of you know some fundamentals for improv, and then a series of games, and they'd put together, uh, and then they'd put on a couple shows. Um, I like to think it was their favorite two weeks or uh, favorite few weeks of the year. And then some of our players have helped teach summer camps or workshops for off square theater classes. We've done some other sort of volunteer trainings. We've, we've, we've done private gigs where companies in town have hired us to do improv with their, for their conventions and stuff. Yeah. We try to get the word out. Uh, We actually worked with a community school senior uh, and putting together an improv troupe was her senior project. And so we helped her get it all together and, and she pulled together a group of players from town and, and we helped get them all trained up and they put on a show for her senior project. That's cool. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, she was a, she was a hoot to work with. So it's good times. Well, I, I appreciate what you guys are, are doing for our community. Um, adding this form of entertainment, which is all about having fun and laughing couldn't ask for a better form of therapy is to laugh oh it's the best <laughs> yeah it's the best therapy and and not we we enjoy it people who come to the shows enjoy it and and i i sort of in a way consider it also like a gateway drug to the theater you know a lot of people may not ever end up in the center except for to go to an improv show or maybe to music but once they're there they know it's there they can check it out um they realize they can sit through an hour and a half of a per, of a performance that is live and not on a, a movie screen. So, hmm. yeah, I, I think we do a good job of, of getting the word out and getting getting some people who may have stayed home otherwise out and about. I know we've we've seen you and your wife there. It's it's been a while since we've had kids that we've been out to much of anything. <laughs> I I understand that. <laughs> Which, yeah, being a dad of two kids as well and two working parents, it's and it's a balance for sure. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and they, and we're just we're your kids are a little older. We're just getting to the point where we're starting the shuffles. Like, okay, we gotta go to the ski lessons and the soccer and the <laughs> and the art and the this and the that and the yeah. And even being in a small town, it's it's a lot of shuffling. Yeah, it's it is. There are days where I drive from one side of town to the other, probably four times, just shuffling the kids around after school because <laughs> they're in yep. different programs and none of the programs coordinate whatsoever. No, that would be that'd be too easy. <laughs> Although you get into coordinating a, a program on itself by itself, and you're like, well, this <laughs> that's not all that easy either. This is why. <laughs> yeah. If, Success is if we can keep our program together. We'll leave it up to the parents to to stitch it, to stitch everything else together. You guys should offer an after-school program. I would have Last... to be available after school. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe some of the other get, kids might. Um, yeah, it, it, it's varied 
But, you know, a lot of our of the troop members work for the school district. So they're on the school calendar. And, and then we used to do some stuff during the summer. And then we got we were so school member heavy that summer came and everybody was on vacation and doing this and that and the other thing. And we're like, well, we'll just take summer off. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we would we would do free shows outside. And that was fun because for me, going inside for for performances and such in the summer is that's not my desire. That's why we stop. That's what we just, we, we save ourselves for the cold, dark days of winter and perform in a dark room, Well, a warm, dark room, warm, dark room, um, We've had marshmallows in the show, but never any whipped cream. <laughs> or uh, we, maybe you should start selling apple pie at intermission. Maybe, uh, but some of those from McDonald's, does McDonald's still sell apple pies? Oh man, if they don't, that's another food you can burn the roof of your mouth on and and still be kind of happy about it. Yeah. Um, that's like a fried apple pie. Must have been fried. I haven't I haven't eaten at McDonald's in so long I couldn't tell you, but <laughs> those were good. Well, it's right down the street from your house. You should go get some French fries and see if they have apple pie nowadays. Yeah. I mean they they people are eating there. They they have two drive-through lanes. Yeah, it's it's packed. So Brian, if if people want to uh, follow the Laugh Staff and keep an eye on um, when the next time you guys perform, how can they do that? Uh, we're on the Facebook at the Laugh Staff. The Facebook. Yep. Okay. At the and the Laugh Staff. The Laugh Staff. Okay. It doesn't compete with the one in Texas, does it? Not no no don't don't go clicking on Texas bait for laugh staff. And uh, also you can buy tickets right now on the center. I think they have the whole season up. When you say you can buy tickets on the center, what does that mean? Oh, from the center for the arts. Okay. What is this thing called? Maybe we aren't the laugh staff. Maybe we're just laugh staff improv comedy in Facebook world. We haven't branched into the metaverse yet. So we're going to try and keep it in 3d for as long as we can. I appreciate that. A lot of stuff just needs to stay in person 3D. It's it's like what you said earlier, how there was this opinion of Wyoming had this opinion of Jackson and Jackson had an opinion of the rest of the Wyoming. But when once when you got to meet people and talk to them, it didn't really exist. It was just in people's minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the best way to track us is Laugh Staff on Facebook. And ship uh, you like a dog. Okay. <laughs> coming i i mean i have an apple watch and an apple phone so I, that's like being chipped i'm surprised there's not I, I i suppose if they put a location on there that was like just share your location with the general public that there would be people who would choose that i just heard a segment on the radio this morning with um somebody's being prosecuted for killing a grizzly bear and the game and fish went to google to see who was in that particular area with the device at a particular time <laughs> and they caught up with these folks uh-huh and they killed the the bad part is they killed the mom grizzly and left her and she had a cub and the cub died because it was so reliant on the mom right well that's... i'm glad i'm glad they found him i hope the people really have to pay for what they did it was horrible yeah See, we try to avoid those topics like that in in the in our shows. <laughs> yeah. 
that, but, that's good. Yeah, no, that, yeah, the tech, the tech world these days, as convenient as it is, is a little scary. Maybe I'm just old fashioned. So Brian, I'm gonna let you get back to the whirlwind of life. And so that way you have plenty of energy to practice for your, your next performance, whenever you have your next practice. Yeah, be, be firing up again after the new year, getting ready for February. That's awesome. And it's at the Center for the Arts in the Black Box Theater, correct? Yep. Cool. And tickets you guys usually have the shows. Center Box Office. What's that again? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, tickets are online at the Center Box Office. And Bring shows a friend. what days of the week? Uh, we do want to do shows on Friday and Saturday nights okay. at 8 o'clock. Cool. Right so after you time go to, to bed, you're there. We're there once a month. That's awesome. So cool. It's usually the first Friday and Saturday of the month. First or okay. second Friday and Saturday. One or the other. We'll we'll take a look and and get it up put out there for you. We'll help awesome. out here. Hey, thanks. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take some time and uh, I'm gonna listen to some more Jackson Old Connection podcasts. Yeah, send some people my way that I should have on the podcast as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm inter- interviewing Johnny Zeem. I think next week or this week. Okay. There you go. Town of Jackson. Yeah. Assistant Public Works Director. Man of jack of all trades for the town. Mm-hmm. Interviewing him on Thursday, tomorrow. Oh, good. Cool. Yeah. He's good. He's fun to talk to. We're going to talk about everything Jackson Hole and Town of Jackson. Oh, there you go. Yeah. They're bloody engineer. Well, Brian, I'm glad that you decided to move back to Jackson and, and live your life here. Thank you for being a contributor to our community and, and a contributor to keep people laughing. I'll do what I can. You're doing it, man. You're doing it. Every day. (laughs) Right. When you have kids, whether you want to or not. (laughs) We'll see you walking around town. Oh, yeah. Along Snow King. You walk to work every day, don't you? Pretty much. Yeah. Most days. Winter gets a little trickier with the kids. But, yeah, George and I. Oh, is that your dog? Yep. That's awesome. All right, Brian. I'm going to let you go. You have a great day, and thanks for... Uh, you into the rest of the laugh staff for keeping Jackson laughing. Will do. Yeah, no problem. All it's right. our pleasure. Thanks. To learn more about Brian and laugh staff, visit thejacksonholdconnection.com, episode number 169. Thank you, everybody, who keeps this podcast on the air. My marketing director and editor, Michael Morey, he and his wife and kids are loving the life in Washington you need a podcast, reach out to Michael. He can help you develop and edit and produce a podcast. That's what Michael does. And of course, to my wife, Laura, and my boys, Lewis and William, happy holidays to everybody. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.